it's called love serve warm because it's really my efforts to pour love into women with PCOS women who have had miscarriages um, who have not been pregnant and just let them know like I've been there before Hello and welcome to Dream Mentorship Podcast. Dream Mentorship is an international online community. Our podcast is for women who want more out of life, who are ready to make a positive difference, and who dare to dream. Listen for motivating conversations with industry bosses, moms, students, and women in general who are thriving in life and business. We are here to help you live your dream because your dream is valid. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. This is the Dream Mentorship Podcast. I am so excited, as usual, uh, to be introducing a new guest this week to you all. She has a fascinating story that I believe will blow your mind. You also be encouraged by um, her story and the things that she is doing as a woman. I'm going to let her say her her last name properly so I don't butcher it. Um, But her name is Tiana. She is a registered nurse and certified life coach. She has 10 years of of specializing in holistic medicine. She is also the creator of Love Served Warm, where she assists women with polystic ovarian syndrome, which is PCOS. She is, um, Tiana started this to be able to help connect women with resources for support groups. And she's doing so many other things uh, with that. She combines her experience as a nurse with life coaching. And she is a mom, she is a wife, and she's a business owner. So let's get into it and let's talk to Tiana. Tiana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Can you tell us your name properly? Because I think I butchered it right there. Oh, that's okay. It's Tiana Trinidad. <laughs> okay. Trinidad, like the, the country? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Are you from Trinidad? I know that's probably not right, but uh, I think I'm just going to ask. No, no. My mom is from Puerto Rico. My dad is actually from Nigeria. He's from the Yoruba tribe. Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's why I love gosh. your accent. <laughs> That is interesting. I didn't even know that. Um, yes, I'm Nigerian, um, obviously. Um, and then, yes, that's interesting. I'm Igbo um, by tribe. That's okay. interesting. Yes, cool. Well, I'm excited let's, to know more about your story. So let's start from there, um, from your origin. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself growing up as a young woman? Um, and at what point did you get diagnosed with PCOS? So um, I grew up in New York City um, most of my life, and uh, we moved uh, to Florida um, when I was about 17, 18 years old. And at that time, my mom gave birth to a, um, a very small preemie infant. She was born at about five months, and she had zero mm-hmm. chance of living. That, you know, being the only child that took my whole life on a spin, it was just around the time where I was supposed to head off to college and, you know, start to, you know, create my own path. Um, Mm -hmm. My sister spent a year and 10 days in the, in the NICU before she came home for the first time. And um, she wasn't supposed to come home. She was very sick. She had a tracheostomy, which is a, a 
breathing tube in her neck. She also had a feeding tube on her stomach and she had part of her intestines um, in a colostomy bag out you know, on the side um, so that they can heal due to her prematurity. Uh, the only way that she could come home was if someone learned, you know, how to take care of her. And it was a bit for my mom. She fell apart emotionally. So at that time, I just knew like, okay, it's, you know, time to put, you know, my, my big girl boots on. And mm -hmm. I actually went to nursing school. Um, I graduated my associates while she was still in the hospital. And when it was time to complete uh, my bachelor's, um, you know, we lost everything due to my mom being unable to work. Um, she lost her job. Um, and I had a application for a scholarship for Baptist Health, um, one of the largest um, hospital systems in South Florida. And I went to the interview kind of like already knowing that I wasn't going to get it because I had so much on my plate at the time. And one of the doctors recognized me and she said, you look familiar. And I said, yeah, I basically live here at the hospital. Um, so the interview basically shifted from about me to about the situation with my sister and everything that was going on with her. And the mm -hmm. interview ended and I went, I went back down to our hospital room thinking like I didn't get it. I later found out by a nurse that um, they came to verify the, the story that I have given them and that um, I scored a perfect score and they provided me with a $40,000 scholarship for nursing school. Wow. Uh, yes. Uh, so I was able to go to one of the best, um, you know, private universities down here in South Florida. And when I graduated, um, one of the um, neonatologists um, had a spot prepared for me in the neonatal intensive care unit. So I spent the next uh, few years of my life working with preemie um, babies, such as my sister, and also working mm -hmm. with my sister at home. Um, so I was kind of like juggling back and forth. And um, all this time I had this amazing guy that I was dating and, you know, eventually we got married and mm -hmm. um, it was time for us to, you know, my sister started to get better. We closed her tracheostomy. Um, she still has a feeding tube, but it was my turn to, you know, have a family. And I just thought this is going to be a breeze. I have been taking care of babies my whole life. I have taken care right. of the sickest. This is going to be the easiest thing. And I got um, pregnant fairly easy. Um, I got diagnosed with gestational diabetes, which was surprising because I wasn't extremely overweight. Um, mm. And when I was six months pregnant, um, my baby lost its heartbeat. Um, oh, wow. You know, and um, I had to have the baby surgically removed. And um, I just, for the first time in my life, I just really fell apart. Um, physically, I gained a lot of weight. Um, I started to have like these funky symptoms. Emotionally, mm -hmm. I couldn't deal with what was going on. And um, I discovered that I had PCOS. And um, it was something that got really bad with the weight gain. My, my hormones mm -hmm. start to get imbalanced. I started to get facial hair and just all of these unwanted side effects. And mm. um, it took me about two years to really get it back together. Um, I did a lot of soul searching, a lot of reading self-development books. And um, when I finally got it back together um, with the help of my husband and um, my loved ones, um, I thought, oh my God, what about other women who experience this and don't have a medical mm -hmm. background, 
don't have the resources, like what, how do they piece themselves back together? So I started right. to study and research how to cook foods over again. I needed to learn how to eat low carb, sugar-free um, foods. Um, so I started to put everything together and I thought, I want to, I want to like touch women because um, I had met, I was very vocal about when I lost Logan and I posted it on my Facebook and, and it was just my way of venting. And I had a lot of women, a lot of friends who came to me and confided in me when they lost their children um, early in their pregnancy. And I just thought, oh, I, I love this. Like, I love engaging with women who've been here. I, I want to do this. So that's right. how Love Serve Warm came about. Um, it's called Love Serve Warm because it's really my efforts to pour love into women with PCOS, women who have had miscarriages um who have not been pregnant and just let them know like i've been there before i've had two right. trimester miscarriages um and i've just struggled and but i figured it out you know i figured out how to do it and how to make it look good um because culturally mm -hmm. i eat rice and beans every day <laughs> so when they told me <laughs> low carb i was like oh my God, what does that look like? You know, what, that, right. that's not, you know? Um, so when I figured it out, I wanted to help other women figure it out. And recently I became a mom for the second time. Um, I have a eight week old infant. And um, even though I've, you know, I've went on to get my master's degree and I've worked, I, the most successful thing that I've ever done in my life is become a mom. Like there's, there's no greater feeling. Um, and I want to share that feeling with as many women as possible. I want to let them know that it's possible, um, that you can pull yourself together after, you know, falling in the, in the dark and that, um, and that yeah. there's people that want to hold your hand along that way. So that's really what I do um, and how I came about doing that. And yep, that's, that's me in a nutshell. That's amazing. First of all, I want to say that you are a champion. Um, you're courageous. Just listening to your story, I have goosebumps and I am just amazed at your strength um, as a woman um, to have to deal with some of the things that you just mentioned. And I know how hard it is. Um, some people have not even you know gone through half of what you went through and they gave up and and i think that's going to bring me to asking how you are able to you know lift yourself up above depression to overcome that and be to have this resilience that we're seeing today or hearing um from you uh, to see that you are a woman of strength and you just keep going in spite of um circumstances or situations that are hard um one of the things i really have to attest to is my faith um you know um i really believe in the power of manifestation the power of prayer and um i always pray um for god to use me as a tool um because um, i learned very early on that when you're able to give to someone who can't give you back um it's this feeling that's indescribable i mean um, you can get a paycheck and you can buy some of the, you know, best things in the world, but there's no better feeling than really helping someone. Um, so I truly believe that God sometimes gives you a test so that you can have a testimony. And that's what helped me to push through. I have my special needs sister who is now 12 years old. And um, I want her to look at me and say, you know, 
if she can do it, I can do it. And she certainly right. struggles. Um, so I'm certainly her role model. And just for so many other women who um, have gone through what I've gone through, and I'm, I have already been vocal about it. So at this point, I have no choice but to stay optimistic, optimistic, stay, you know, stay in the lines with prayer. And um, I'm sure you know that um, as a night, my dad is Nigerian, he is he is so um, he's so aligned with God. He's he's such a right. <laughs> such a prayerful dad, and he's so strong in his faith. He believes like even when I didn't have faith and I was kind of like questioning my faith, he mm-hmm. just knew like you know this will serve a purpose for you. God right. takes away to give you something greater, and um, he's really just motivated me with his faith, uh, you know and. Um, and that's basically it, you know, just keep looking forward and um, praying and just knowing that, you know, I'm, I'm, a, someone's looking up to me, you know, and not right. only my sister, but other women. And, mm-hmm. and that motivates me when I'm down in the slumps to pick myself back up, you know, because it's greater, yeah. it's greater than just, just me, you know, I right. keep in touch with some parents of children that I've taken care of. I like to think of myself like the auntie, you know, long Mm -hmm. after they leave the hospital, I want to, I want to know, I want to be at the first birthdays, you know, and I want those kids to know that, you know, to see me like, you know, as to continue to be a role model for them as well. Yes. That's amazing. Um, I want to ask, um, I know a lot of some of like what you just talked about. I was just talking with Edie, our, our podcast uh, manager in management intern about the fact that so many young women go through, you know, facial hair, you know, the, the symptoms of PCOS if I'm saying it right, uh, yeah. or, you know, weight management, if their weight fluctuates and they have the sugar cravings uh, and they just can't control that. Um, at the same time, it also feels like a taboo, like no one is talking about that. No one is mentioning the fact that this thing exists, that a lot of young women are, you know, going through it. How do you, how do you propel your message without sounding like like you are talking or judging you how do you you know advocate for those women and invite them into your warm space and say hey I'm here to support you I've gone through what you're going through and I want to help how do you present your message to them so I feel like if you do anything from a place of love then you can never, you know, never be in the wrong. And everything I do is from a place of love and also from a place of experience. I treat women the way I want to be treated, um, not only in my business, but as a nurse, you know, I always, and whenever they say, we have a very difficult parent, I say, I want that patient, please. Because Uh I know that my mom going through what she went through, my sister, she fell apart both physically and emotionally. And I know what Uh that looks like. And I know that sometimes, as women, we're not always able to transcribe really how we feel. We can't put that into right. words sometimes. So it may come off as anger, as aggression, as uh-huh. everything, but it's just misunder- misunderstanding. Sometimes right. I feel like if you meet that anger and aggression with love and light, um, you'll find that things start to like melt down and settle down when people really realize that you're coming from a place of love and, and you uh-huh. know, being genuine. Um, so I try to do that, you know, and not only in my business and my career, in my life in, in general, um, because I just feel like there's with so much going on, there's just not enough love circulating. And the best way uh-huh. to change that is to like be that change that you want to see. 
Okay, cool. So let's move over to the to lifestyle, like eating right, uh, which you're big on. Uh, you have you you discovered the uh, keto lifestyle, and that's what you you've been doing. Uh, what is your recommendation for anyone who is starting it or who is thinking about it? I know it can be hard to plan. Food prepping is hard. As a mom, I know how difficult that is, and then to have to not worry just about prepping you know just getting food cooked but having to think about what are what are your eating less carbs what is in your food dieting making sure that you know your state you're eating all the right nutrients that your body needs um so can you talk about that how and how that uh, has changed your lifestyle yes so um i read a quote and I, i might be misquoting it but it said something like the quickest way to the top is on someone else's shoulders, meaning that mm. sometimes we need someone who has already created the path of least resistance and we kind of like follow the path that they've already created. So unfortunately for myself, I didn't have anyone to show me. So it took me a very long time to, to research it. But my recommendation for any woman who um, wants to do a ketogenic diet or go low carb is to find someone who's very experienced, um, a dietitian. Uh, um, you know, they need to surround themselves with someone who has the experience um, because it can be overwhelming. And when you get overwhelmed, usually the first thing women want it or anyone wants to do is to give up. Um, so sometimes uh-huh. helping finding someone who already knows and who can show you some tips and tricks and their favorite foods and brands, it makes things a little easier. Um, for me, it was learning how to recreate rice. Um, that was one of the biggest staples in my life. And I learned how to make uh, cauliflower rice um, and I cauliflower fried rice and cauliflower yellow rice. And um, with enough, you know, nice herbs and seasonings, it, it it's really, it's really great. And um, yeah. it's changed me because I've noticed I don't feel as sluggish when I finish eating. I don't feel right. like that fatigue after, you know, a meal. Um, so you mm-hmm. really start to notice the results immediately. Another piece of advice that I would give is the ketogenic diet can be extremely difficult because um, I was eating maybe like, oh gosh, I don't even want to say it. I was eating so much carbs a day. I didn't even know, um, uh. you know, what carbs were. And to go to keto can be very difficult. So I would recommend trying to slowly eliminate carbs in your everyday diet, working maybe on breakfast, eliminating some, and then lunch, and then making your way to ketosis. And if you can't make it into ketosis because it's nutrition is not a one size fit all, then simply trying to eliminate as much as you can to get as healthy as you can without like causing yourself too much stress. Okay, cool. Uh, That is that's really helpful. I think I'm going to have to take some of those myself. But yes, thank you for sharing those tips. So what is your number one food that you like to make on the keto diet? Oh, my number one food. Okay. Um, there's so many. Um, I love zucchini fries um, uh-huh. and my air fryer. So I kind of cut them up into strips and um, coat them and fry them, air fry them. So it has no oil Um I love veggies. Um, I dress them up. I love cauliflower rice. Um, it's so delicious. Um, yeah. I love uh, lemonades. I mean, I just, I just love, I just love food. Um, I love uh, 
banana nut bread and banana has a lot of carbs. So I learned to yeah. get a banana extract, um, which gives you like, you wouldn't even know that there's not banana in it. So it still tricks you into thinking that you're having that without all of the hidden, you know, carbs and starches associated with that. Yeah. Now, now that I know you have a three-year-old, uh, I have a two-year-old, so I know how it can be uh, when you're trying to get them to try food. Uh, mine has a good appetite uh, most of the time, so that helps. Um, but do you, um, what, how do you prep for the family? Um, is your husband also on the keto diet? Um, is that, is it a whole family thing? I know your um, eight-week-old baby <laughs> is not on the diet, um, but, you know, for your husband and for your three-year-old, how does that work? Do you prepare something different for them and eat something different? Okay, so um, no, unfortunately, they're not on the ketogenic diet, but there are sugar substitutes that are all natural, such as monk fruit sweetener that taste just the same as sugar. So if you guys mm. can keep a secret, <laughs> I'll let you guys in. <laughs> they don't know they're sure. keto, okay? Um, <laughs> I just started to replace, um, like, for instance, ketchup, a bottle of ketchup, about a mm -hmm. third of the bottle of ketchup is just sugar because it's mm. a very cheap preservative. Um, and it also has some psychological effects on the brain. It, you know, it triggers um, endorphins, which releases this feel good feeling that you have. So we kind of get addicted. Um, so I just, right. I've swapped a lot of our condiments, a lot of the things high in sugar with things that are sugar free. Um, things that aren't, I've used sugar substitutes. And then in the places that I ultimately cannot fool them, what I do is all the meats that I cook are sugar free. I don't um, a lot of the sugar is found in our condiments and our seasonings. So we're starting there and replacing those with sugar-free. And then um, I cook my veggies um, or my salad or my greens, whatever I want to accompany my, my meat or my protein. And, and, I, and, I make, and I make them their side. So if they want rice and they're dying for rice, then I'll do that. Um, okay. If I'm making a lasagna... I might do half of the lasagna with pasta. The other half, uh -huh. I will use zucchini and just, you know, cut it very thin and then, you know, half and half. So it does require yeah. a little bit of work, but where you can trim uh -huh. them, you know, we'll just keep that between us. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> so uh, for those who love sugar, uh, not just babies or kids or husbands, uh, I know a lot of young ladies that love cupcakes and donuts. How do you ignore those food cravings when they come? Okay, so I definitely don't ignore those food. Okay, so let's start. Let's uh, rewind a little bit. Those food cravings. <laughs> okay. come, um Those food cravings come from um, you know the the carb the the high carb um, intake, especially if you have extreme food cravings for sugary foods. That could be a sign uh -huh. of insulin resistance, which means that you have been consuming too much sugar, and your body is now like you go into overdrive, you start to crave that sugar. When you become on mm. the ketogenic diet, you you no longer crave it. You don't even feel hungry sometimes because it balances out those hormones. The other thing is okay. I've learned to recreate all of those things. So I do make donuts. I make delicious donuts topped with chocolate and they're so mm. delicious and they're surprisingly sugar-free. I use hundred wow. percent natural cocoa and coconut oil and I make nice, delicious, sugar-free um, chocolate syrup. I use almond flour, um, sunflower seeds grinded and just other things. And I make delicious donuts that 
Um, I make brownies. Um, so I do enjoy all of those things. I just learned to cook them in a way that doesn't involve sugar, which unfortunately is just uh -huh. a very cheap um, preservative. Um, and you can, you can make some of your same favorite recipes with sugar substitutes. And I promise you that no one will know the difference. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to get together with you and talk some more about this food stuff. <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, let me move, let me shift gears a little bit and move back to your business. Um, so what it is, what, what is life for you um, as a mom, as a wife and um, nurse practitioner and, and of course a life coach, what does that look like for you? If someone is like, Oh, Oh my gosh, I am struggling with all of these different things that you just talked about. How do they get in touch with you, one? And how, what, what do they, uh, what should they expect to get from a coaching section with you? Thank you. So um, I can be found at Love Served Warm on all platforms. Um, my website is also loveservedwarm.com. Um, I have various packages available from six to 12 weeks. It really just depends on how much like hand holding you need and then ultimately there's some people who really like to work on their own just give me the information and let me figure it out on my own and for those people i'm working on a course called sister um, carb rehab um, and that should be coming out within the next few weeks um, to really um, help people a deep deep dive into the mindset um, into the brain uh -huh. and how the brain creates habits um, how we rewire some of those habits and just understanding the GI Joe fallacy, which means that knowing is half the battle. We know that McDonald's uh. is bad for us and we still eat McDonald's, right? <laughs> so it's right. is not good enough, just knowing. So uh -huh. um, how to make these little changes so that we can put better habits in place. And I really try to go over that because my goal is to, to anyone who comes to me, I want them make, I want to make them independent of me. When they finish uh -huh. working with me, I want them to feel empowered that they no longer need me and that they're educated enough that they can make their decisions and go on um, to live you know harmoniously with um, with PCOS. That's amazing. All right, so I want to ask you this final question. This is our famous question, and we get to ask everyone this. Um, since we are dream mentorship and we believe so much in dreams, so we always want to hear everyone's dream. What is your one dream um, that you say, you know what, this is something I definitely want to accomplish, or this is definitely something that I love? Oh, my one, my one dream is being a nurse has been an amazing opportunity. Um, the first, you know, college graduate in my family, um, and it's been a blessing. However, um, my dream is to be to to create a lifestyle um, where I get paid to help people. So my dream is to see okay. love serve warm flourish. I want to be in a position where I impact women, um, where I touch uh -huh. women. I would love to open up, um, you know, an orphanage with special needs or to, to provide uh -huh. funding. Um, I really just want to be in a position um, where I can bless people because I always tell my dad um, to bless. It's a blessing to be a blessing. 
Okay. Right. Um, you know, to be in a position where you can bless people is certainly a blessing. So that is definitely a dream of mine to be in a position to give back, to have enough that I can touch other people and to just be blessed with that feeling when you give. I just can't um, describe how much of a high that is for me, um, blessing someone yeah. who can't, you know, who can't repay you. So that is certainly a dream of mine that I hope uh, I can make come true. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Tiana, for being a part of our podcast today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have been inspired by what you just heard today. Um, please don't forget to share, subscribe, you know, invite your family and friends to listen to our podcast. And, and of course, visit um, Tiana on social media platforms, support her business and support the things that she's doing with Love Served Warm. Thank you all for listening and special thanks to Edie Frederick, our podcast management intern. Until next time, bye-bye everyone. Thank you for tuning into Dream Mentorship Podcast with our host, Mac Jane Creighton. If you like our show and would like to learn more, you may check us out at dreammentorship.org. This podcast was edited and produced by Edie Frederick. Remember to join us next week for more female empowerment.